Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. After a nice little hiatus, we were just talking about how long it's been since the last episode. About a month since we recorded, but I'm your host, Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin and my co-host, Dynasty Dale, over on Twitter at Dynasty Dale. Dale, how's it going today? You ready to talk some 2023 quarterbacks? I am I'm really excited to talk about this class. Um, has some really interesting tracks in it and some potential uh and some potential studs in it. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one. I know people have been talking about the 2023 draft class forever now, and uh a lot of the hype it feels like has been let out of the sales the last couple of weeks. People are not as hyped as they were. And I hear one of the biggest reasons is the quarterbacks have not been as good as some people kind of wanted, but you know, there's some potential. There's a lot of guys there. So uh, for those out there that are joining us, we're going to be breaking down my top tiers of dynasty quarterbacks for the rookie draft class in 2023. Now there's a little bit of a caveat to this because not everyone has declared for the NFL draft just yet. So some of these guys could even go back to college, but um, I think it helps to familiarize yourself with some of these names now just to kind of know their skill sets and, and what they're able to do. And then it just helps you for next year when they do actually come out, if that's the case. So um Gonna break into these guys. I got them ranked into a couple tiers. Dale watches a lot more college than I do. I touched on all these guys, kind of checked up on their stats, watched a little bit of video on each one of these guys, but these are pretty early rankings. After the combine hits, it's gonna change things a little bit. You know, it's gonna always move some of these guys. And as I have time to watch these guys a little bit more in depth, and ironically, I have the uh, Alabama-Kansas State bowl game on on the other monitor, so I do get to see one of the top candidates in Bryce Young as we're talking through this podcast. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not let that influence my my uh, decisions too much just yet. We're gonna make sure we do it right in the off season and really evaluate these guys properly. So you ready to get into it, Dale? Absolutely. Do you guys do you, before we get started? I guess do you have any major thoughts on the twenty twenty three draft class for the quarterback position? It's it's it's, it's my biggest point. Um, it's kind of going off what you said that they were really hyped in the, in the beginning here, and it's really kind of deflated. It's really kind of watching some of these quarterbacks that were hyped up in the beginning of the year not do as well, and it's kind of the quarterbacks have fallen. I, I don't I don't want to say they've fallen flat, but they've fallen a little bit as they were in the beginning of the year a few yeah. months ago. Yeah, that's what it feels like. All these guys, everyone's always so hyped about college, and it's just I hate college football. I was talking with Dale right before the podcast started, and it's like I'm watching uh I'm watching this bowl game here, and like Alabama gets a touchdown because the the cornerback doesn't even touch the wide receiver the entire route. It's like these guys are, it's completely different leagues of players here, but you know, absolutely defenses in college are just, it's so hard to project what they're going to be able to do. And when you only play like two good defenses in a year, it's kind of tough. So um, that said enough, enough uh, kicking around the bush, my top tier, and we're going to be going through these guys, my tier one of 
quarterbacks for the Dynasty 2023 rookie class. And again, this can change, but as of right now, I've got CJ Stroud as my number one. And that's probably pretty shocking. And I'm not trying to, you know, really come across as as a hot take artist or anything like that. But CJ Stroud, six foot three, 215 pounds from Ohio State. Um, three years, well, basically two years starter. He didn't play much as a freshman, but you know, he has been very solid the last couple of years. Now this year, he's taken a pretty big step back in terms of his yardage. He's only got 3,300 yards this year versus 4,400 last year, but he did have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson last year. And I know that Ohio State, Dale, you, you can speak to this as the, the Ohio State fan, but your wide receiving core is ridiculous, like nonstop. You guys are just pumping them out right now. It feels all like the, all the time. Yes. You guys have, who is it? You, well, you guys didn't have Jackson Smith and Jigba basically all year, right? He was injured yeah, all year. Yeah. 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 I, I think he played about a half a game this year. <laughs> okay. In all the games, there you go. Um, and then, and then, and then have um, Marvin Harrison Jr. He was tremendous this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then there was um, who's the other guy? Is, the uh, okay, you can say his name probably better than I can. Um, Ibuketti is that it? It is a Mecca Egbuka. Is his Egbuka. name? Okay. Egbuka. Okay. Egbuka. Yes. I've yep. heard that dude is legitimately yep. insane. <laughs> oh, he he is fast. Like he's kind of like the Garrett Wilson, or or like Curtis Samuel Paris per, uh, Perry type. You know. Yep. Yeah, per, Perry. Um, yeah, that's, and that's one thing with Ohio state. So you guys have been able to pump out very quality players last couple of years. You know, the team's pretty good, good offensive line, generally good running backs and everything like that. So the, the big dip in form is kind of surprising, but you know, again, you take into account, he lost two first round wide receivers, lost another potential first round with Jackson Smith and Jigba, who we'll talk about in the wide receiver episode. So, you know, he kind of lost his top three wide receivers plenty of depth there behind them but you know if you don't have the uh, the same uh, repertoire with those guys it's going to be a little bit more of a uh, a learning curve there but i think the biggest thing is there was a massive drop off in the attempts this year 441 last year only 355 this year um completion percentage dipped a little bit there but you know not not too much of a difference and then the touchdowns were still actually pretty high he had a higher touchdown rate um or just a, just a little bit less of a touchdown rate this year um but you know 37 touchdowns 44 last year still pretty good he found a way to get it done regardless of losing all those guys so um cj stroud is going to be my number one guy and the biggest reason for that is i feel like he is the safest he's not a small guy which is kind of the biggest knock on bryce young which we'll talk on here probably in a little bit but cj stroud is a he's a nice size quarterback you like to see it and the biggest thing for me is he is a pocket passer he has not got much mobility and i know that's kind of going the way of the dinosaurs now but I think that CJ Stroud, you can speak to this a little bit more than me, but he is an athletic guy, right? Like he, he's not, he's not, um, you know, kind of like <laughs> rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins, but he was kind of chunkier. You know, he wasn't really the fastest guy. Couldn't really do anything out of the pocket. CJ Stroud, I feel like he can do stuff out of the pocket. He just chooses not to is what the kind of the vibe that I get from him. What do you think about that? With that, um, I, I actually, Actually, for um, 
Stroud's first play as a Buckeye was actually a very long rushing touchdown back in back in 2020. Yeah. The uh, field. So, you know, he, he is mobile. He is able to run. Um, I, I feel I feel Stroud's a very elegant quarterback and and he knows often mm-hmm. where to go with the ball. You know, I, I, I do think some of the time that he gets cute sometimes just and throw it away and instead of stepping up in the pocket and being able to run and, and stuff like that. You know, I kinda wish he would have done that more this year. Mm-hmm. Um I feel I feel the offense for Ohio State became very predictable, so I think that hurt a lot of their a lot of their offensive potential because they were doing a lot of these bubble screens. They were doing a lot of these kind of cutesy things that mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily in the NFL as much compared to you know compared yeah. to what he was doing last year with with throwing it down the field, which uh, which he is able to do. Like he, he, I mean, I don't think he has the strongest arm in this class, but like no. he knows where to place the ball to. I think he's uh, one of the receivers to get it. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. I think he's one of the more accurate guys. Like again, I think he knows how to to work the pocket. And again, you look at his rushing stats for the last couple of years, and he's got the. I was looking at his rushing stats, and the way the college does it is the dumbest way ever. I was complaining to Dale about this, so I don't actually know what his rushing stats are because I guess they count sacks against you as rushing yards in college, which is stupid. So like twenty twenty one, he has thirty two rushing attempts for negative twenty yards. Okay, great. Um, so I can't give you an actual number from the stats that I found on him, but he's he just doesn't do it very much. He doesn't like to get out of the pocket very much, and that's one of the biggest downsides on, on C.J. Stroud. Again, I think he has all the talent and the ability to do it, but he just feels comfortable in the pocket, which I like that, and that to me that makes him the safest option, knowing he's going to be a first-round pick knowing that he's probably going to a team that's, you know, going to be, I'm guessing he's going to go somewhere. Probably, you know, you look at all the teams that need him, probably like the Panthers, um, you know, maybe somewhere uh, like Washington, maybe Washington can trade up and get him somewhere like that. He's going to go somewhere with some decent weapons and a decent offensive line, in in my opinion, because he's probably not going to be one of the top two picks in this draft class. So um, I agree. So I think that it's actually better for him, and that's why I think he's going to be the safest one. I think that he has the talent and the upside to be the best one of this class. Well, I guess upside for fantasy definitely goes to my number two guy here, which we'll talk on here in just a second. But yeah, C.J. Stroud is going to be my number one guy. I like him quite a bit. You know that he can do it. And the other biggest knock on him, and and you can talk on this again as well, and this probably lends to the predictability a little bit that you were talking about, but the biggest knock on him is that he's a one-read quarterback, just like Justin Fields. And, you know, all I've got to say to that is it seems like that's kind of Ohio State's game plan every single week. They they have such good wide receivers (laughs) that they can just get open so quickly. So you don't really need to be a multiple read wide receiver, which, okay, that's fine. You know, it's the big 10. It's not the best competition every single week. Um, and if your guys are open, you just, you throw it to the open guy who cares? Like, Oh, do I need to pass open the wide open guy to throw it to my number two read just so that people think I'm better at it? Like it doesn't make, it's not a very good compelling argument. You know what I mean? Uh, and you know, I, I I think I think he was trying to do more of that this year, and that may have been because the talent was. I mean, I mean, I mean, there still was a lot of talent in that wide receiver. 
but I don't think it was as narratively as what it was last year with having all those guys there. So, yeah. you, you know, you know, I, I, I think he felt he had to pick up some of the slack because the offensive line wasn't playing as well, you know, and, and then in some games, like the weather wasn't as good. So, I mean, I, I was, I, it's beforehand that I kind of feel he's very much like Jared Goff in that he's from the California area anyway. So, you know, you know, I, I, I feel I feel he has to have decent weather conditions to play to that to that excellent standard that he's able to do. And mm-hmm. he's on, he's gonna be on and he, he's gonna be hitting players left and right and it's easy and certain. So, you know, I, I, I mean I, I would like him I would honestly like to see him go and play like in, you know, you know, in, in Detroit. Which you know, having having a good offensive line is going to help him out and feel that would be awesome. Pocket. That would he, be awesome. I mean, I I, th- I think him him with the lines would be great. I think the spot for him would would probably probably be Houston, right? <laughs> if he went number well, one overall. Houston, you know, I I, I personally go a different way. I don't think they're proud. They're probably going to go after something different, but you know, that's for think about that player later. Right. So, um, all right. So that's enough on just, uh, or on Justin Fields, CJ Stroud, you know, that's Ohio state on your brain. But, uh, and speaking of Justin Fields, did I tell you this yet? But Megan got me a Justin Fields Jersey for Christmas. Oh, I'm so excited. I love it as a, you know, everyone gives me crap because I'm a Patriots and a bears fan. Like I grew up outside of Chicago. They've just been garbage my entire lifetime. Now they finally have a player that I'm excited about. So everyone's like, you can't root for two teams. Why? Okay, whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty yeah. excited for Justin Fields, man. I am I am, I am so too. excited. Uh, and that Fields jersey is just so nice. It's the the navy one with the the orange one. Ah, oh, just so clean. Yeah. So clean. But C.J. Stroud. Hopefully, he can be as good as Justin Fields. Maybe a little bit better of a passer than a rusher like Justin Fields. But uh, yeah, he's my number one. And basically, like I said, right now it's early rankings, but it all comes down to he is the safest, in my opinion, out of all of them. Um, we'll talk on some guys later that they have a lot of upside, but they're a lot of risk, you know. And when it comes to the NFL, um, at least for the rookie drafts, one of the things that I'm done doing personally, and I don't fault anybody for doing this, but I'm done kind of betting on the physical outliers and in the negative sense, right? Like I still love Kyle Pitts because he is a physical freak of nature. He's a unicorn. You can't be that size, that speed and everything that the whole package that he is and be bad. In my opinion, we've seen what he can do as a rookie. Didn't get all the touchdowns, but, you know, the usage was there as a rookie. I am fine betting on those kind of physical outliers, DK Metcalf, that type of player. But the guys like, uh, we'll talk on some of them here, but like, you know, Baker Mayfield, one of the biggest knocks on him was he was just under six foot tall. And, you know, it's tough for these guys to come into the NFL and play when you're you're the smaller quarterbacks, right? Kyler Murray, he's got the rushing upside, but from a pocket standpoint, we can see what he can do when when it's kind of, you know, the the line of scrimmage is muddied. He can't see over those big guys as well for his receiver. So I'm kind of done betting on the outliers, and that's the biggest reason why um, the guy that we mentioned earlier, Bryce Young, isn't in my top tier here. But the other guy that is in my top tier is a physical outlier in the other direction, the positive direction, right? And that's going to be Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, 
Now, Anthony Richardson, six foot four, two hundred and thirty-six pounds. They're already projecting him to run a sub four four forty. So yeah, he has absolutely. Yeah, he is basically Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson on steroids from a rushing standpoint. The dude is legit on the ground. Um, but the downsides for him, again, he's a very high ceiling player, but he is very raw. Um, we've seen that he basically only has one year as a full starter down in Florida. He played half a season last year, only had 64 passing attempts in the, in the entire season last year. So that was not great there. He had 51 rushing attempts last year for 400 yards as a quarterback. That's just ridiculous. But in three touchdowns in half a season, you know. So um, in his full season as a starter for Florida, there's a lot of things with Florida that I don't really like. They're they're a very good school. They're in the SEC, so they have very high-level competition, um, good defenses that they play on a more regular basis. But on the ground this last year, 103 rushing attempts for 654 yards, 6.3 per carry, which is pretty good. I mean, it's it's about the average of a running back down there, but he had nine touchdowns on the ground. Um, but then through the air, you know, this is where he's a little bit more raw. He's more of a Justin Fields type of player. Uh, 327 passing attempts, only a 54% completion percentage, um, 2,500 yards, and uh, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Now the other the other knock on Florida um, as a as a whole is their receiving core is probably not the best. You know what I mean? They they just don't have the same level of athletes that you know Alabama or some of these other top schools have at wide receiver. So that does hurt them a little bit there. Um, and I'm just pulling up to like their their top target on the season in terms of receptions was Xavier Henderson with 38 catches. So they just do not have those guys there right now from a passing standpoint. So um, that's the biggest knock is, you know, he's raw through the passing game, but we don't know if it's raw because the, the team is just not built for it down there in Florida or if he needs to take a step forward. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Do you have any thoughts on Richardson? Um, I feel Richardson is capital R-A-W. He was raw, 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 raw all day. So yep. That, um, he, I, I, I like his. I feel he's one of those freaks like you were. You know, um, um, going back to the Justin Fields comment you made. Um, it's, it's, it's the difference between him and Fields is that Fields in college was a very excellent passer. And he yes. Was able to make, yep. I agree. He was, with that. he was able to make consistent, uh, downfield passes where, where Richards. Richardson, Very, I, I, go ahead. I, I feel for, I, I feel for Richardson is kind of like Wilson in that he's very athletic. He's able to get out of the pocket. He's able to make plays, mm-hmm. but that's really where that ends from. And, you know, I, I can, I can see him making some of those plays, but I can also see him, you know, ha- having a very, very low completion percentage. And, throwing a lot of picks and yep. not being able to read the defense, you know, that's, yep. that's what yep. really concerns me. So here's the thing with Richardson and, and draft, this is early rankings. Again, I'll, I'll just reemphasize that, but you know, the biggest impact that is going to be on his stock in the rookie drafts for you is whether or not he's a high first round pick. And the reason why is if he's a high first round pick, he's probably going somewhere to start right away. And I think that would be terrible for fantasy football because 
honestly, I just don't think that he's a guy that can come in and play day one. I think he is somebody that does actually need to kind of sit behind someone. But if he goes, you know, I still think he's going to be a first round pick for sure. I just don't know where he's going to end up going yet. You know, maybe we'll get a better feel on it later after the after the athletic testing where he is just going to blow everybody out of the water. Maybe it's going to raise yeah. his, his draft stock a little bit there. But, you know, if he goes yeah, somewhere, no, if let's say he goes to the Detroit Lions, we talked about them for CJ Stroud, and I would love that for either one of these guys. But, you know, Detroit has two first round picks. I think their pick is right now in like the 15 16 range right there and then they have the rams top five pick let's say that with the top five pick they get some defensive player whoever it is but then with their pick they take anthony richardson goff is going to be starting next year in 2023 more than likely unless he gets injured i would love to see him sit behind someone like jared goff and then you get a little bit of time to you know mature get used to the nfl and then next year with that offensive line those weapons oh my goodness that'd be huge so i think draft capital is going to have the biggest impact on probably anthony richardson than any of these other guys in the top five um six that i do have here in my top tiers so that what do you think about about his his landing spot do you think it's that impactful i think it's i i I guess I do. You know, I, I think that's going to be what tells him up in rookie drafts or what's going to keep his stock a little bit. So, you know, I, I honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if, if, if it gets picked by the Ravens. Honestly, I, I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> that would be interesting. He, they let uh, Lamar walk. I just don't Lamar think they go, could do that, yes. but <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that Lamar is going to walk himself. I think he's, they're going to franchise what? tag him. So that's the thing. Yeah, now, Lamar true, is true. going to, that, that, that's true. He, he might hold out like the pull Lev Bell. We know, we don't know, but um, they are definitely going to franchise tag him. They're not going to let him walk. And I think that's the only thing with the Ravens is if, if they're not getting Lamar, I don't think that they're going to go in that direction again. But, you know, it, Anthony Richardson, like, like we talked about, he's very raw, but for fantasy football, he is literally everything you want. He's a big dude, massive rushing potential, and a cannon for an arm. He's basically Trey Lance kind of with less production in college, right? So um, I like Anthony Richardson quite a bit. The athletic testing is going to help him out. Draft is going to be very impactful for him. But I think that for right now, when you're looking at your, your rookie drafts, um, especially in super flex leagues, I think that there's probably only three or four first round quarterbacks in your super flex drafts. Um, and that's just kind of what to expect, right? So what, and, and the reason why we're kind of talking about these guys now is so you can kind of prepare yourself for your rookie drafts. And I know those are probably a couple months away, but you know, it's, it's the beginning of the off season. Everyone's got fantasy championships here tomorrow and you're kind of looking forward to the picks and, and your off season moves a little bit, trying to plan those out. At least I am. Um, so when you're looking at the first round of your rookie drafts, you're looking at these guys and you know, if I have the one ten, who am I realistically going to be getting? You might be able to get someone like Anthony Richardson in the late first round. I think that he's going to ultimately be a first round rookie pick because he's going to be a first round NFL pick. That's how it's going to go. Um, there's, CJ Stroud's going to be a first round pick. Uh, Bryce Young, 
the Alabama quarterback is going to be a first round pick. Will Levis might be a first round. That's probably the that's probably it for first round quarterbacks, um, in my opinion, in a super flex league. So, you know, that just kind of gives you and by the time we get through this whole thing. So we're going to go through every position. We're going to go through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And then we're going to give a consensus ranking, you know, first round, second round, third round kind of guys here and just give you my opinion on all these guys and where they're going to fall. So, um, Anthony Richardson, again, I think he's going to be a first-round rookie pick. He, he's probably going to be a little bit later. And if you're looking for a guy that you need to start in 2023, he is not someone that I'd be looking to kind of go with here this next season. So um, any final thoughts on Anthony Richardson before we move on? Uh, no, I, I, I agree with everything you said. You know, it, it's, it's I, mean, it, I mean, ultimately, it's going to be where he it's it's where he lands, you know. You know, I, I kind of hope he goes somewhere that has some has some talent around him. You know, I, I think him Indy would be bad. Yes, yep. Horrible for him, and growth could be because he would have to be the starter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, honestly, for him uh, going to Washington, good spot with having having some of those some of those faster players, mm-hmm. and here's where where he's able. Just react to react and kind of play off of his skills. Yeah, I agree with you. So we will see. Um, like like we talked about, his landing spot is going to be very critical on on his potential. You know, but I think that he's someone that if he hits for fantasy, man, you you have your next Josh Allen, you've got your next you know um, Justin Fields kind of guy who's just a physical freak and can just smash it. So. Um, now that is it for my top tier guys. And like I said, I, I don't want to be shocking with this, but Bryce Young is the one guy that I have left out of my tier one. I do have him in my tier two, but you know, he wasn't a top one and we'll talk on him here in just a minute. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll be right back with tier two of the uh, rookie rankings for 2023. 